gracious hosts, unique lodging, and tasty cuisine. New Mexico bed and breakfasts are New Mexico true. Our innkeepers are as special as New Mexico, and we're sharing their stories. Read about them and plan your trip at nmbba.org. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Big Blend Radio. You know we love our second Thursdays with the New Mexico Bed and Breakfast Association, where we get to chat about different inns and what are what's happening across the state. And today, we're going north. We're going to go up to Taos. Taos is known as being an art destination, so rich in natural beauty. Uh, oh, my gosh, there is so much you can do outdoors no matter what time of year, uh, but also so much cultural history, Again, like I said, the arts and really good food. I'm just saying there's a lot of good food there. So when you plan your trip anywhere in New Mexico, go to the website NMBBA at the New Mexico Bed and Breakfast Association. So it's NMBBA.org. Of course, listen here on Big Blend Radio every second Thursday. But today we're going to chat with Christine Skopinski. She is the owner of Adobe and Pines Inn in Taos. And you go to her website, adobepines.com. And I'm excited to have her back on the show because her inn is truly a piece of the historic Southwest. Uh, it is an 1832 Adobe. Uh, so welcome back to the show, Christine. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Lisa, for having me back. I'm excited. I know. It's exciting to talk about the inn because, you know, we've seen photos. And Nancy and I so want to come see you. I mean, Taos is beautiful. Oh, we've please. been there at the end of March. So we kind of were, there was snow. We went up through Angel Fire, went to that giant bridge you guys have that still scares me but I still did it and so sunset over that bridge is it the Royal Gorge, oh, yeah. Gorge Bridge what, what what bridge is it you gotta refresh uh, my it memory is, here. Uh, it's the uh, um, Rio Grande National Monument the bridge is part of that so it's the Rio Rio Grande Gorge Bridge I yeah, think is its full name huge. it's the ninth and, tallest bridge in the United States it's a steel structure bridge and all the structures below the road so if you drive over it at night, you don't even know you're on it. You got to uh, go out in the daytime, sunrise, sunset, beautiful. There's some oh, great hikes well, out there. Yeah, when we were there, it was sunset. And, you know, we were still at that beginning before spring. So it was like March, I think. I, I have to go look on my records on the dates. But, you know, you still had snow on the ground out in Angel Fire and those areas. And on the way into Taos in the National Forest area, there was snow. But it wasn't anything that's, you know, going to mess you up. Except for Nancy took me on some weird, crazy joy ride going to some park on the border of Colorado and New Mexico. And um, yeah, um, <laughs> you may want four wheel drive for, if Nancy is your passenger and demands, oh, they say you're going to see wildlife no matter what. Well, uh, thank you. The undercarriage of the car went bye bye because you don't listen to your mother who says it doesn't matter if you don't have four wheel drive. You know, we can do this. <laughs> But then, you know, we had on the blast. main roads, you're okay. You must you have got off on the side road. Getting in there, but on the bridge. So we went and had sunset uh, over and looked over the bridge. And what was so beautiful is the snow-capped mountains with the sunset oh, and yeah. this bridge. And I mean, this gorge. You've got this massive gorge and the water. So I feel like you guys got a lot of snow uh, this winter. I'm feeling like there's going to be white water rafting all through the Southwest this year and all kinds of just epic nature experiences coming into spring. It's going to be wild, like really cool. Yeah, white water rafting usually starts in mid-March. So spring break happens here pretty much the whole month of March. We get people from all the surrounding states that drive in, a few that fly in, 
but you know, Texas, Oklahoma, Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, California, we get all of those spring breaks that overlap through the month of March. So a lot of those are families coming up to ski with their kids, take them for ski lessons. We have four ski areas up here. Um, but whitewater rafting starts mid-March. That's when the water's the highest because of the snow melt happening. Um, you have to wear wetsuits, but they usually provide the wetsuits um, for you that early in the year. And then it goes until October. So that's a, people don't think of whitewater rafting that early, but that's when it's really good because the water's high, you get a really good ride. They oh, take nice. you up into the box and other areas. Um, later in the summer, the box doesn't have enough water. So mm. if you want a really challenging rafting, that's a good time to go. You know, and now they all have the funyaks. Uh, with the rafting, yak? they do dinner, dinner floats. Ooh. A lot of the rafting companies. Yeah, which is fun. They'll they'll grill fish maybe that you catch right there oh. on the water. Yeah. Or off yeah. the side of the water, I guess. A fun yak so is like a kayak that you stand on. Oh, like the paddle boarding. And you have the paddle. Like... Yeah, like the paddle boarding. So that's oh, real popular oh. up here. So we better yeah, have, they our have white water races. <laughs> We need our wine Mother's after Day. that. <laughs> after that, oh. yeah. Bring your mom up. Bring Nancy up on Mother's yeah, oh. Day. They have whitewater Ooh. races. And you can really? go to the Lilac Festival usually. They have a concert at Kit Carson with local musicians and um, a lot of different traditional cultural musicians from different ethnic backgrounds here. Yeah, so that's that's a yeah. fun event on Mother's yeah. Day. That's what's so interesting, too, about New Mexico is the cultural diversity that is there. And, um, you know, when you, you've got Spanish, you've got the Native American, indigenous peoples, you've got here come the settlers, you know, and, and there's even German, right, going in there. There's um, a lot of European history, too. So it's mm. really cool to explore that, you know, those that cultural diversity to me when you're in New Mexico. And because it. There's con there's just so many connections that tie back to the state. It, I mean, really, it it is just so cool to experience. And doing the music, like you're saying, going to a concert at Kit Carson Park, uh, going to the art. I think Taos first thing people think of is the art when when they think about Taos is art. As they should, you know, mm -hmm. dating way back to the Native American art. You know, art has been here for thousands of years. In mm -hmm. Thousands of ways, probably, you know, music is art also, um, mm -hmm. but there's, there's all kinds of arts festivals and they're adding a new one. Um, it's a new annual event. I think it happened last year for the first time in the spring called the spring out part of the Taos spring arts festival. I think that happens in April and May. So we have what they call the Paseo in September, which is the biggest arts festival. Um, that's part of the fall arts festival, then they do open studios, they do the Paseo, which is a more interactive art festival. They have things that move and lights that um, give you messages on buildings and, you know, they have oh. a good light show. Yeah, so the Paseo is really popular, um, but they mm. don't usually do a whole lot in the spring. So this um, Taos Spring Arts Festival is, is kind of a way to spread it out over the year a little bit. So that should be exciting this year. That's happening in April and May. And all of this is on the Taos.org website, which is a great town website. As the mm. events get um, booked and determined and dates are solidified, all of that appears first on the Taos.org website. 
Very cool. And so, yeah. and also everyone can go to your site, adobepines.com. Uh, you've got some regional information, but I also want to focus right. on your in because when we talk about the arts, I believe like looking at the photos and, and just looking at the rooms and the architecture being Adobe, Adobe Hacienda, and also just the fact that you really are, you know, a, caring about the environment. And I think when we go to our historic roots of something that Things were built way back when with the environment in mind, working with the environment, and somehow we got away from that. And I think what you're doing at the end is really quite outstanding. Uh, you care for the environment as well as this historic building. So you're keeping history alive with what you're doing. Can you give us a little like hist a little history lesson on uh, the start of the inn and, and the actual building itself? Sure, sure. The inn, as far as I know, the history, and this is what was on the website before I got here, and that guests have told me because we've had some guests that own the house before it became mm. a bed and breakfast and have come back to talk with us. We have black and white pictures on our website from one guest, Gary Griffin. His grandmother owned it in the 40s. So the, the building was built in 1832 by the Romero family, which was one of the first 10 families to settle in this part of Taos, which is called the Llano Camado mm. uh, region or community of Taos, and it's the Rancho de Taos village. There's a bunch of villages around the main Taos village. So this is a slightly older village than Taos itself, just by a few years. Um, they built the St. Francis de Assisi Church right up the road, um, probably, oh, maybe 20 years before this house was built. And it got burnt down and got rebuilt. Um, so that's one of the older churches in the area, older than the other churches in town. Um, it's one of the most photographed churches in the United States, from what I understand, because of its heavy buttress adobe structure. And they remutted every year. The community um, took over restoring it, I think, in the 60s, because it was starting to fall apart. Just like this house, by the time we got to uh, 1940, the house was kind of dilapidated. The family that originally owned it had left and other families had bought it, had also left. Mrs. Griffin bought it in the 40s and kind of refurbished it, um, you know, restuccoed it. So it's it was originally adobe blocks, sun-dried blocks mm. um, that they had to mud every year. Uh, Mrs. Griffin, I think, was the one to start using the, the cement stucco. Um, so it oh. still has adobe and we still restucco parts of it as we need to. But it's not like the Taos Pueblo buildings um, where they remud them every year or the church up the road where they have to remud it every year and make the mixture. And you can actually go to the church. We have a video on our website, a link to it, of the mudding of the church that happens every year. It's a community event. They encourage visitors to come. The community puts on a lovely lunch for whoever is volunteering to help. Um, and they do that, I think, every year in April or May. After I the think that's cool. Winter. Yeah, yeah you, before the monsoon season and after the winter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But for people yeah. to understand uh, that building part of it. So what do you think in regards to having that kind of, you know, building your property, you know, having this adobe building and, and uh, then how it works with nature? Because doesn't it in a way, the way things were built and even shaped, like helps things like they understand, okay, monsoon season is this. And when it gets cold, we're going to need heat on this side and things are built. I don't know. I think we kind of looked at the sun and the weather uh, according to how we would build things, like having breezeways oh, in certain areas, you know? 
I agree. I was a landscape architect for years. And part of that is siting buildings to take advantage of solar access, you know, winds. Mm -hmm. You want to block certain sides from, from harsh winter winds. So that's not where they would traditionally have put all the windows. They would have put the windows on the solar side to bring in light, to warm up the building during the day, or to keep it cool mm. in the summertime. You know, so mm. they, they looked at all of that, where the sun was moving. Yeah, and the adobe structure is just so soft and inviting. The light bounces off of it and really mm. brings so much warmth to architecture. I lived in East Africa for a while, as you know. I know you yeah, did too. Yeah, yeah. And their buildings are also out of sun-dried blocks that are then mm -hmm. stuccoed with, with a mud combination. Sometimes, And there's a rounding, mud. that rounding mm -hmm. part of it too. And I think that's what's so cool. And I want to talk about your labyrinth and, and the rooms and everything. But I know you've you know really had a good acclaim to being a very romantic destination. And um, you know, you've been in all these guides as the most romantic you know, in, um, which, is, which is fantastic. Um, but I think a part of that is about how things were built and um, just, you know, that they're rounded and having those gardens. I don't know. They're just, oh, yeah. I think that allows romance. And we're looking at people traveling now that really want um, more of an authentic experience. And that's what New Mexico mm. does. And these inns do. Here's a real experience. So when you think in 1836 Hacienda, um, or 1832, excuse me, those four years are important. Um, that, uh, <laughs> that, that creates this really, you want romance, you want uh, kinship, you want space, you want uh, whatever you're looking for, you'll be able to kind of find that with within your property, it looks like. Yes, you can. And you know, the old 1832 part of the property, the main house, we have four rooms there. Um, two on the main portal, which is an 80-foot-long original portal or porch, you could call it. Um, we have two there, and we have one upstairs, and we have one behind um, off of the back courtyard, both of those two. So those four rooms, along with the original guest house, all have wood-burning Kiva fireplaces, as does the main living room. So the you know, the fireplaces themselves are romantic at night. Mm. And so many people post photos of them on, you know, TripAdvisor, Instagram, all, all these different sites, because it's such a romantic feature just to have mm. a real wood burning fire fireplace. Ooh. And they're small and they, you know, they only take a few pieces of wood at a time, but that's so romantic, the crackle and the, the dim light and the, you know, mm. the, the shadows bouncing off of the walls in your room. It's really beautiful. Now I want wine. I want. I would like a bottle yeah. of wine. <laughs> I'd like to have that. And that wine. We we can arrange yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes well in spring because it still is chilly at night in in the southwest. You know, and especially in yes. northern New oh, Mexico. Yeah. I think it's like that. Mm -hmm. I remember going to Gallup, our first time to Gallup, and we were staying in a very historic hotel there. And I think the El Rancho. Oh, I can't remember. The, yeah, it was in all these Hollywood movies. Anyway. Um, we're staying at this historic bed and breakfast and I'm going, or in, and I said, well, there's something with the heating's not working, like uh, the air conditioning. And they're like, you're not going to need air conditioning tonight. If you really, really need air conditioning, open the window, I dare you. It was a June, July, <laughs> and it was like 30, yeah. 40 degrees at night or something. That's I'm the like, same here. What? You know, I, I really thought, you know, we're going to get hot. You know, I'm, I was, you know, we were used to, you know, Southern Arizona. 
Oh boy. Yeah. That was a, that was a wake up call to New Mexico. I've, but that is the beauty of it. You can have sunshine and warmth during the day and then get snuggly and cuddly at night. That's cozy. Right, and cool. exactly. I love it. Even at this time of year, you know, yesterday it went up to 50. I think it's only going up to 40 today. Um, and it's going down into the teens at night. So it's, oh, wow. it's beautiful. Even in the winter, you know, we get a few weeks where it's down at zero and it's really, you know, frigid out. But um, by the afternoon, it's warm enough to take a great hike. Yeah, Ooh. it's not so cold all day. It's just mm-hmm. cold in the morning and at night and then it warms up. Yeah, so it's high desert is, is a beautiful type of weather. And there's no humidity. We get snow. So we have the four seasons. I know you've talked with other innkeepers about all the different seasons, all the birding as the mm. as the seasons change. We have all that up here in Taos also. Yeah, our, our site alone um, has been inventoried for birds because there's oh. just so many different ones. Yeah, if you go on the, some of those websites, what is it, eBird? I mm-hmm. think we've had a ton of guests come through and um, take an inventory of what we had here. And we have quite You've got to have roadrunners, right? Because, I mean, that's New Mexico's oh, bird. Yeah. Got to have the roadrunners. Yeah, definitely roadrunners. And the ravens. A, we have a number of raven nests oh, on our property every year. That's so one of my favorite are things. Here. Oh, mm. New Mexico. You know you're in New Mexico just by here you are in the raven zone. Oh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I think that that should be your other, you know, state bird. You know, is that, you know. <laughs> I agree. But hummingbirds, agree. you got hummingbirds too, right? Oh, yeah. Lots of good hummingbirds. We put out feeders on the front porch and the back porch where we have our breakfast area. Um, and people can watch the hummingbirds all during breakfast. Sometimes they're battling it out for those feeders. You know, we get some of the, I think it's the rufus that are a little more aggressive. Um, and they'll come in and just say, these are mine. <laughs> and so people yeah, watch the, the birds all during breakfast, which is nice. Do you get a lot of people coming in for more of a spiritual retreat as well because of the labyrinth and just going to be out and communing with nature? Because it seems to me like if you wanted some solace, some tranquility, some rejuvenation, you, you are a rejuvenation station. You are. We uh, are. Like, we, yeah. we are. We, we say come here to replenish your soul, rediscover Adobe history. You know, right here in the heart of the Southwest, we're a romantic getaway. We're a meditative getaway. Um, we love having families here. We have a family suite. We have outdoor hot tubs, one that's big enough for six people, you know, to go with different suites and casitas. So we have friends and family come. We have family reunions. We have small weddings, elopements, because the labyrinth represents the journey of life. So we get a lot of people Ooh. wanting to elope in our labyrinth. And and they usually walk it individually on the oh. way in, get to the center. There's an officiant there to marry them, a few witnesses. Sometimes it's just four people, maybe a photographer. And then they walk back out together, embracing what they want in their life together. So it's it's very symbolic. That's, that you know, is beautiful. That is beautiful. We've had women's bit. exploration retreats here mm-hmm. where... Um, They've done all kinds of self and group exploration and then gone and, and learned about the history at the Pueblo or had the people from um, the Pueblo come here. Uh, we, a few years ago, we had a wonderful one that a woman from Florida um, arranged the entire mm-hmm. retreat. And she brought um, a gentleman from the Taos Pueblo with his kids. They were mm-hmm. a dance group that went all over Europe um, doing Native American dancing. And they came and did 
a Native American dance in our back courtyard. They explained oh. the history of the Pueblo, what it's like to live there, grow up there. Um, so they had a whole evening by the fire in our living room. Mm. And just they made dream catchers together. It was beautiful. It was it, it was really beautiful to see. We've I had yoga really, retreats here. You know, just the Southwest, too. If you haven't been, like you see it on TV, you see it in magazines and, and then websites, right? But until you get there, you don't really understand the enchantment and you don't, it, you need that experience. Do you see a lot of jaws drop and change of uh, vibe of a person once they kind of get into the high desert and feel the, oh, yeah. the zen moment, the, the enchantment. I'm, you know, was Absolutely. if you've been back east, it's so different because of the big skies, you know. Right. I know Carolyn out at the um, Abiquiu, the Hacienda, uh, Grand Hacienda, I think, out yes, in Abiquiu, yeah. um, uh-huh. has talked about how um, people come from New York and other places where, you know, it's really hustle bustle, and they come with a with a grand list of what they want to do, and then they they get to your bed and breakfast or you're in and they settle in and they're just like, well, maybe we'll sleep in a little. We'll enjoy the inn. We'll go to the Pueblo. And that's about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Their list gets smaller. They, they start to relax. As soon as they come down our driveway, we have a lot of trees in our front acre, you know, which is unusual for being out on the Mesa. There's hardly any trees. So you come here as kind of an oasis. Um, and you well, come down the driveway. People start to relax right then. People don't realize like deserts, you can have garden. I know we've touched on that with you before too, about like you can have these beautiful plants and um, there's just something magical about a desert and there are little oases if you want them and you create them mm-hmm. and nature has her own too with wetlands, you know? So I think that's mm-hmm. a really special thing is to be able to have, you know, those kind of moments and, and to shock people with it. It's like, yes, we have the desert, rugged drama, that rich, you know, that, you know, the vibrant colors of the soil and the rocks, and then you get the skies that are open and wide. And then if you've got monsoon season, you've got serious drama. Like that is, there's nothing <laughs> like monsoon season. It's my favorite thing is to be in the Southwest in the monsoon. And everybody goes, oh, don't go to the Southwest in the summer. I'm like, dudes, you're so missing out. It is like, oh yeah. It's, it, yeah. I mean, it's nature and all her glory going, hell yes, look at me. I've, I can beat my drums. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> It, it wreaks havoc on on big concerts. Luckily, this year, um, the Robert Plant and Allison Cross concert is scheduled before monsoon season oh, starts. Good. Last year, we had Lyle Lovett, and I forget who oh. else was here. And it rained. Oh well, <laughs> people had you know. to pick up their chairs, run for cover, and then come back. They did they did the concert, but there was a little bit of an interruption. <laughs> yeah, but you we had a great monsoon gotta... season last year. Yeah. That's awesome because that's really the, the you know the water table needs some replenishing in southwest oh, yeah. uh, you know so I think this winter are you expecting you know from winter snow and and rain um, are you expecting a good wildflower season this summer and in, in spring? I think we are probably not as um, good as last year because the monsoon oh. season just kept happening. I think it went through September last year through many areas of New Mexico which was the longest I've ever seen. I heard it was the best one in 18 years. So this year, the snow isn't as plentiful as it was actually um, the year before, I think. We, we might have gotten more snow, but we did have a, 
It's, I think we have enough snow. We've had more snow in different years. Like the skiing is mm. good this year, but it's not the best that it's mm. been since I've been here over the last oh. like eight, nine years. Yeah, we've had some better years. Um, but there's oh. enough snow. We have four ski areas up here in Taos, and there's definitely enough snow. And it's been super cold at night, so they're making a lot of snow where it hasn't mm. snowed naturally. But I hear the rivers are pretty good right now. The rivers mm. are, are getting to get high in the spring. Um, but I don't know how long it'll last. It depends how much more snow we get. Mm. You never know. Winter. The weather's been Yeah, warm. we're in the heart of ski season right now. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that's, you yeah, know, in it's... fact, the, um, the, the free freeboard, what is it called? The free ride international free skiers and snowboarders. Um, they come here every year in March up in ski Valley and have a competition that's towards the end of spring break. So our snow usually goes through March. Mm. That's when they're planning that event. Yeah. Well, and everyone, again, you go to adobepines.com and connect, you know, always call and, you know, check in on things too. But I think it's, you know, we were there again in the snow time. And unless you take like Nancy's crazy roads off of something off the beaten path, you're fine. Um, really, because it was that. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, yeah. stay on the enchanted circle on the main road, and, you're okay usually. <laughs> yeah, we were at the Dreamcatcher at that time. We didn't know about you, and the, and the Dreamcatcher was wonderful. Also, a member of the New Mexico Better uh, Bed and Breakfast Association, uh, and uh, you know, she, they she said, Mary Beth said, this is where you want to go. And of course, you know, we just did a detour, and I kept saying to Nancy, we should have listened to the innkeepers, <laughs> and then we did, and we had an amazing time. Uh, your area is beautiful. I mean, there's just, um, you know, there's forest. And like you were saying, you don't expect that of New Mexico until you go there. And you'll, right. it, it is just a whole different kind of setting. And it's such a fresh, it's, it's fresh. Like when we got up there, the first thing we were like, oh my God, this is fresh air. Like it's real fresh air and clean. And mm. um, it was the first thing, you know, we got out of the car, there was snow around, we were in the forest and we're just like, oh my gosh, this is magic. This is absolutely beautiful, fresh magic. And uh, we had a wonderful time. Too short. Definitely, I'm going to say, you want to stay more than a weekend if you can. Um, and now travel midweek too. Everybody's working online and, you know, it's a different world. So right. you can travel midweek, which is great. And, um, you know, do that. But before you go, Christine, Give us a preview of what is being served for breakfast tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we're having uh, roasted root vegetables and an omelet um, with, I think we're having blue cornatoli as the first course. In the winter, we do more oatmeal, um, a breakfast quinoa, you know, with, mm. with fruit and nuts in it. Uh, blue cornatoli is like a, uh, it's a Pueblo tradition, but I think it came from the Spanish originally. Um, mm. It's a a blue corn flour that's ground very coarsely, mm. and the Pueblo grows their own blue corn and grinds it and sells it at, at the Red Willow Market that they have. Oh, it's wow. like a farmer's market for the Pueblo. Oh, wow. um, but they also sell it in the grocery stores. Um, and you, it's really quite easy to make. It's like a malta meal out of blue corn, and you mm. can put whatever you want in it. We usually put um, brown sugar uh, some butter, it gets nice and creamy. Uh, we put some dried fruit and nuts, sometimes blueberries, cranberries, depending on the season. Mm. But it really warms you up, sticks to your bones a bit. We do a very healthy breakfast. Mm. So we're we're doing blue cornatoli tomorrow, roasted veggie omelets, some smoked um, sausage on the side for those who eat sausage. 
we cater to all kinds of different food uh, mm. preferences and dietary restrictions. You know, some people are vegan now. Um, we get Gluten-free. we get more vegans than we ever used to. We, mm. We've always gotten vegetarians who just abstain from the meat part, but now we're getting uh, many more vegans, and we can accommodate that pretty easily. We have some great recipes for vegans. Um, we get a lot of gluten free, and you know that you know from your time being a innkeeper that there's a yeah, lot the, of the different weekend, dietary the weekend innkeepers. Yeah, people people have their changes of diet, but. It is about what your body likes and doesn't like. And sometimes it may not be a real allergy. It's just like, you know, I'm not going to do well with this. And when you're on vacation, you want to enjoy your food. And so I think that if you don't like certain things, you know, if if you like me and raw tomatoes don't get along, we just, we don't like each other. And then if, if you, you can, you give me all the ketchup, spaghetti sauce, anything with tomato in it, that's been cooked, cooked tomatoes, fried tomatoes. You're good. I'm Mm -hmm. in. But then I did yeah. discover heirloom tomatoes. I can do a little bit of that. So there's a, there's a, it's, I think it's about how fresh and um, how you, your produce has been raised. Is it organic? Is mm-hmm. it not? You know, sometimes it doesn't have to be organic to be clean of pesticides. It's about being local. And that's again, you know, bed and breakfast. This is a huge thing about travel and bed and breakfast are not giving you, here's your frozen waffle. You know, that's, right. that's yeah, we're more locally sourced. We have our own mm-hmm. chickens here. Our girls are a little oh. old right now, but over the years, we've gotten a lot of fresh eggs from those girls. You oh. know, we had 28 at one point and we're getting 28 day, eggs a day. <laughs> we were giving them away. <laughs> now they're a little wow. bit older. We're about ready to get some new chicks. Um, oh. This spring, maybe we'll get some new chicks and then uh, yeah. we'll be back in the egg business, <laughs> which <laughs> is a good time since eggs are a little scarce these days with all the oh, avian flu it. going on. Yeah, yeah it's lovely so having fresh eggs them. right here is nice. Yeah, I mean, what we, was that? We've taken, uh, we've taken care of chicken far like chickens, and and you know, as we travel the country, and, and um, just getting that fresh egg, knowing where it came from, and there's just nothing like it compared to store bought that has been in you know someone's fridge for six months, because they do right. like if you look at those dates. I mean, some of these eggs are like, and then I don't know, but just fresh is there's just the whole other flavor that you just don't get like it's just it's you're right magic yeah you're right it's what you feed them yeah mm-hmm. and then we have our own gardens a lot of bed and breakfast have their own orchards orchards i can't say the word apple trees orchards. plum trees yeah, <laughs> yeah. we grow our, some of our own berries strawberries blackberries raspberries cool. we have our own oh. mint. Um, we nice. grow the vegetables that we put in our frittata although now we're using more japanese sure. purple sweet potatoes because they'll make you live Ooh. to be a hundred is what they're good. saying. <laughs> good, I'm in. And they're beautiful. They're beautiful in our frittatas. They're tasty. Mm. They're beautiful. Yeah, they roast nicely with our other roasted vegetables. So we'll put those in our omelets tomorrow. Nice, nice. Yeah. Everyone, adobepines.com is the website. Again, we're here oh, every and green second chili. Thursday. Oh, green chili. Oh. Green chili on the side, always. <laughs> we don't mention that like someone's going to yell at us. We don't like we don't yeah. like people yelling at us. That's not nice. Uh, but thickblendradio.com, keep up us, us there. And also, again, go to the New Mexico Bed and Breakfast Association website, which is nmbba.org. Thank you so much, Christine. It's a true delight chatting with you again. And I uh, look forward to seeing you next time we go through New Mexico. I, you never know. <laughs> we'll be like, yes, hey, I'd love to have you and Nancy through. here. Oh, my I'd gosh. I love well, that. We'll have to do the you lab. Think, 
we need some zen out time we need some chill time we need some you know relaxing calm and be out in nature time so that sounds wonderful but thank you so much and thank you everyone at the new mexico bed and breakfast association for what you do in providing these authentic experiences for us who travel and need those places just to get our you know we got to feel good in life so bed and breakfast do that and so do Mex new mexico so does new mexico as a state so thank you all take care christine you take care and we'll we'll see you down the road you too thank you lisa say hi to nancy for me i will gracious hosts unique lodging and tasty cuisine new mexico bed and breakfasts are new mexico true our innkeepers are as special as new mexico and we're sharing their stories. Read about them and plan your trip at nmbba.org.